Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia, the podcast where when we count, we do it incredibly slowly. This is Brent. Crab on sea cucumber butthole. I, 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 I've lost anything that I possibly could have said because of that inanity that I just had to experience. Yeah, how do you follow up with there, that? There's, there's li- literally nothing. Literally nothing can follow that statement right there. That's two weeks in a row Jay-Thon. that I won the podcast, everybody. Yes. Oh, by the way, Jayton, you just lost think. the game. Oh, oh wow. no! That is fucked up because so did Beaches when he's going to hear this. I don't really yeah, care about Beaches. Yeah, and I, I just lost too. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he's just collateral damage, yeah. basically, Damn is what it. you're saying. That's correct. That is correct, sir. Jayton, are you still deathly... What? What? <laughs> I, I was acting Jason. I am Jay quite Thon, Are you still deathly? I, would you let me finish? Are you still deathly afraid of sea cucumbers? <gasps> oh, oh my holy! I God. thought you were going to ask if I was still deathly ill. Oh, no, you're obviously not. Obviously. We're talking about not needing to eat full pizzas the other day by yourself. That's different. <laughs> That's not different. Oh. Yes, I'm very afraid. I of feel sea like cucumbers. that is. And I don't know why. Yeah. It's pretty irrational. Wait, wait, wait a minute. How are you afraid of sea cucumbers? What did a sea cucumber do to you? So, they just show up places, I think. They, they, like, they don't, don't have to travel there. Up. They just they just show up. No, that's... I'm did, pretty did sure they that's touch not you how in sea a bad cucumbers place work. One time? No, they're just scary. They are, Look at a video of them one time. They're scary they, as fuck. Are they? They remind him of his uncle. Do they? What's wrong with my uncle? Did he touch you in a bad place? The, show me on the oh, barrier yeah, where he touched you. What the, the, the fuck? shape this has gone downhill fast. The, All the right. shape of the sea cucumbers. Look. Anyways. Yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> I am going to just apologize because I'm pretty sick. So if I sound like shit, yeah. that's why. You also might hear me like choking on some cough drops or something during the episode. Choking on some cough? <laughs> cough drops. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> Oh my god! You know, I mean, you proper throat opening. I hear is important. Jayton, if, you know, if you, you gargled more often with cum, you'd, you'd actually be able to get <laughs> stuff like that down. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Oh right, lord! Jesus fuck! This is the only reason that nobody takes it seriously. <laughs> the only reason why I'm giving you any <laughs> shit at reason? all is because of your opening. If you had been serious in your opening, no shit would be given right now. See, when you said opening, That's... I thought butthole with a space. No. No, it, it doesn't have wait, a space wait, wait, wait. though, and and the Twitter poll Brent, will, will conclude. He that. just complained about yes. us not being professional, and then his next sentence <laughs> is him talking about buttholes. It's almost like he has a, a strong working knowledge of glory holes. Different kind of. That's open. right. We have what episode was that? Was that, that, was, that the season that was two season two shit show? No season two No season one. Season one shit show. Season one. Oh my god! Was it? We've been no. doing this for a while. Wait, yeah, yeah, it was. yeah, it was. yeah, it was. It was. Wow. I, well, wow. all right. I was drunk in the closet, so give me a break. See, now you're drunk out <laughs> of the closet. See how much better I'm not, life is? I'm not true. drunk. I'm not drunk. You were, you you, were you still in be. the closet back then. You will be drunk. I miss it. <laughs> it was better. Yeah. Better times. Do you miss it? We don't miss if, it. If somebody times. were listening to this and this was like the first episode, <laughs> they would actually think I was gay or something, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, to clarify, we are talking about a literal closet. I but... used to record in my walk-in closet. Because when yeah. I lived with my ex-girlfriend, who was not my ex-girlfriend at the time, her clothes were excellent at dampening sound that was wasn't she my an, voice. Was she an ex-parrot? Damp- wait, dampening? Yeah, like a sound dampening. Yeah, like a sound booth. Dampening. Yeah. Dampening. Okay. It, just, it sounded weird in context. Much as coming out of the closet did. Si. Out of context. Si, senor. Anyway. Yeah, wow. What an aside. That's four minutes we're we... never going to get <sighs> That's all right. We're doing okay. So we do have some small topics this episode. So it's small. I almost said it. I almost said yeah, it. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll say it but for maybe you. Since We've got I... a short episode for no, 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 Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So every time, well, maybe it's okay because I didn't say it. Every time I say right. that, at least, it turns out to be a very long episode. So, and we just subjected everyone to like an almost what hour and a half hour and 40 minutes something like that long episode yeah the last one was pretty long but i think it was worthwhile that was a good yeah. discussion and i was, was right that, no it was the one with the package manager yeah that was last episode you dumbass no no last episode was s3e4 well i don't listen to us <laughs> i did before it got so long and boring no, i listen okay. every it's, time yeah there you go jathan 
and I listen because I have to type. Wow, that was I didn't mean to have my uh, my voice crack. I listen every time because I have to type the show notes. On. I do actually. So listen I inadvertently every listen. I know you do. <laughs> you just forgot. You're usually really good with remembering episodes. Too. Yeah, I admittedly did not listen to the last one, which is why I'm probably fucked up. The last one I listened oh, okay. to was the. Three, Your mom three, told yeah. me she listened to the last one. She said it was really good. She said she said you sounded really good and strong and smart, son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think my mom would say that. Not that she doesn't well, think it. I just don't think she would say it. And she especially wouldn't tell you. She told me you, uh, over a pillow you, talk. Do you feel, Jathan, that you need to hear those words from her? <laughs> no. Jathan, do you, need to, do you feel that you need to feel... About, about her? Do what? you need what? to feel affirmed? <laughs> These are really different questions. By... <laughs> you know, when you have troubles with your welcome life. Back, welcome back to Psych Administrator. <laughs> As Freud would say, uh, everyone has problems with their mother. I would probably come out right, on the though. wrong side of things. What does that if mean? you guys were counseling me. Oh, we're not psychiatrists, so it's fine. No, I. We are not trained psychologists. We we, P- we are not psychologists. Mental, mental health professionals. Psychologist, but this is psych administrivia. Oh, psych, it's actually sesamministrivia. Okay, we need to stop rambling. Stop I think rambling. we should get into we it. We should what do you guys totally think? get into it. Yeah, let's get, get it on. Okay, the... what is everybody drinking? Jaden, you go first. So I've got near infection. That's not. I feel pretty. I say, is that a new type Shut of alcohol? Or I feel pretty much like garbage. You feel I'm pretty? drinking water. Oh, so pretty. Pretty. What do you? That was why. Okay. Because. Even when I am feeling ill, I usually drink because I do it for the fans. But tonight I'm not because stuff and things. All right. Um. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. So what are you drinking, Payton? I have a Stella. I have a. I have. A, I got a gift box of Stella, and it's got the two chalices in it. So I've been drinking out of chalices. It's good stuff. What a fucking royal badass. That's a motherfucking pimp cup type thing. Motherfucker, I will pimp there. slap your ass, bitch. Motherfucker. What the fuck? Jason, can you guess what? Calm down. You're drinking Jason, can you guess what Jefferson's I'm drinking? Reserve. Yes, I am. And? I'm absolutely drinking Are you it. anything else? I'm about halfway through. Wow, that's not halfway even good. Through. You should finish half per episode. No, mm-hmm. I really should not do that. Uh, hold on, I'm going to, unfortunately, side with Jason here and say that you need to drink more per episode, sir. You are doing a disservice to the fans because you are not <laughs> imbibing to your full... Max potential consent. ability potentially potential. yeah potential like, we know you're better than this we know that you can get absolutely <laughs> blasted calculator boy that's true i have gotten and i wasn't even drunk when i said oh my well, god I was, you always I say that but you were no very hold on i wasn't even i wasn't even hold on i was drunk i, was I wasn't calculated even the very odds that jathan was gonna be right again that is <laughs> not what with I said. My calculator. I was, my, I was with my calculator. Mashing I the don't, keys on my I, calculator. I don't think I've ever made your calculations going on here. I don't think I've ever control to major calculator. Editor, uh, can you just <laughs> mute them while I talk here? I don't think I've ever been fully drunk on this show. You're full of shit. You've been no, drunk I haven't. I've been, I've been drunk, but I haven't been like. My max that I consider like okay, like this is like my party max. I have party been max. Is that a level of drunk? Are we gonna see? Can we get t shirts? Yes. Can we get t shirts that say like "Sis Admin is trivia"? Party it's max. Party like max. what? I don't even know how you use that in a sentence. Party. Okay. I'll write a script called Perry Party Max. Party max. Oh, if if we can find like a Bluetooth, what are they called? Breathalyzer. I will write a script that hopefully can interface with the device. And tell you well, the BAC remotely, and I'll call that part. Well, I tell you what, after remotely? you hear some of the news tonight, you're going to find out that running things IoT may not be in your best interest. <clears throat> nice little that nice was little segue uh, what, into our what a really segue! Awkward. Oh my god, Pitted, I think you're trying to tell mm-hmm. us that you would like to get into the news. Really? Oh, it's my turn now. Great. <laughs> All right, go go for it. Good evening, everyone. This is Payton the News. The first thing we have is that net neutrality is dead. Oh my god. Actually, just kidding. It's not really. Mm. Monday, 423, proposals regarding the Republican-led FCC go into effect. This is part of the restoring internet freedom that they're trying to push. It doesn't actually go into effect until a vote by the Office of Management and Budget. The Democrat-led FCC under Obama classified broadband as utility 
so that they could then offer stricter guidelines. Ajit Pai, the current FCC chairman, calls these tactics heavy-handed and a mistake. He wants a little bit lighter approach to these things. The only things that are effective today is that the OMB has to give the green light, it strips the FCC of the ability slash authority to regulate the broadband, and shifts that to the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission. The transparency rule is still in place, which requires networks to show how they manage their infrastructure. So we're not really losing net neutrality. We're losing things that were put into place in 2015. It's still not a good thing, but, uh, you know, whatever. We have a couple of different articles here about this. One is a pretty good one. One is what is a CNET. So, you know, gag me with a spoon on that one. The next thing we have is that if you have a Microtech router running the router OS since version 6.29, there is a vulnerability which allows a special tool to connect to the Winbox port and request the system user database file. That's not a big deal or anything. So they recommend that you firewall the port. They say, are you affected? Currently, there's no way to see if you are affected. If your Winbox port is open to untrusted networks, assume that you are affected and upgrade, change your password, and add a firewall. When they first released this, they did not have an update to fix this problem. Since then, they have released an update that will fix this issue. Yeah, so, you know, don't run Microtech. I thought it was Microtic. Necrotic? What? Microtic. I, I, I know, I know. I was making a joke. Okay, oh, okay. So the next thing we have here is that it's a fairly long article about VMware escaping the guest into the host. Uh, there's a lot to it. I'm going to try and give just a little bit of a TLDR on it. So there was a vulnerability discovered at Pontone, which had recently added a virtualization category. VMware had been a target since 2016. There were some individuals who demonstrated in 2017 how to escape from a guest to a host from an unprivileged account, allowing code execution and breaking out from the virtual machine. This is generally considered as being very bad. It uses the virtualized hardware. Of course, you need CPU memory, but there's other hardware, virtualized hardware, that your system needs to be a fully running virtual system. Full vert, yeah. It, the mechanism borrows from the guest-to-host, host-to-guest communication. It uses two I.O. ports, 0x5658 and 0x5659, the first one for the regular communication and the second one for high-speed communication. It comes from, actually, the OpenVM Tools repo. The bugs are CVE 2017-4904, which is a critical, uninitialized stack value leading to arbitrary code execution, which is generally considered to be very bad and CVE 2017-4905, which is a moderate uninitialized memory read, leading to information disclosure, also generally considered to be very bad. The article we have has code and how they ran the curl scripts. It's actually really slick to look through this. They also discuss CVE 2017-4901, which is a DND version 3 heap overflow, which is drag-and-drop function. You know, obviously you could turn on this Oh, I thought it was Dungeons so, and Dragons. So did I initially. Which has an out-of-bounds memory access vulnerability. This may allow guests to execute code in the operating system that runs Workstation or Fusion. So again, you know, patch your shit. I don't know. <laughs> don't use VMware use anymore. KVM. Yeah. Because. Yeah, um, switch to Libvirt and KVM. Yeah. Right, exactly. Do you guys. Although that has had issues sure, in the past. Sure, absolutely. Too. Yeah, well, nothing's perfect, you know. Yep. All right. Sorry, what were we asking? So remember last year we had an issue with the RSA conference. Someone revealed their password. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was uh, some security professional. I remember something. Yeah, we'll we'll look it up. Well, the RSA conference itself used an application, an app, a mobile app that leaked data. The data was extracted using a hard coded API and had hard coded security keys and passwords. The conference organizers were aware of the vulnerability and admitted only 114 attendees were exposed. The event uh, event base, which is the application coordinator or whatever, fixed. it took them four hours to fix the leak. It was just an API call that allowed anyone to download the data. This is the second time an RSA mobile application has leaked attendee data. In 2014, an application built by developer Quick Mobile was found by Gunter Ullman. It had a SQL-like... Exactly. It had a SQLite database containing personal information on registered attendees. You needed an account, and 
API in the API data itself to pull the information down, but it was really it was really simple to do so. Yeah, so don't use those. And something that's not quite so terrible and probably you know good considering that they can't do shit. Intel wearables are going are going to be no more. They're closing down its new devices group. It was created about five years ago by then incoming CEO Brian Kurzanich. They made two significant acquisitions to bring in Basis, which was a fitness watches in 2014, and Recon, which was maker of wearable heads-up displays, in 2015. They folded the new devices group into the new technology group about two years later. They were trying to get Intel processors everywhere. And I put that in to quotes. To be honest, I didn't even know that there were Intel wearables. Right. Right. So this is like not really surprise. More like, yeah. oh, great, you're getting... Okay, Great. This is literally the first time I'm hearing about right, this. Right, 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 right. It's end of life. Yeah, great. It's fantastic, guys. Sure. The next thing we have is, uh, you guys remember Cambridge Analytica last week? Well, there was another security firm called UpGuard, which discovered another Amazon S3 account that was wide open. The account was exposed to anyone that even looked. It held 1.2 terabytes of personal information. That's roughly 5 million books. The files were full of detailed profiles of businesses and individuals. It wasn't just Facebook, but LinkedIn and Twitter was also scrapped. I mean, sorry, scraped. I'm quoting the uh, the actual article there. Yeah. <laughs> Users were tracked across services via IP. Use, sir, use Signal, use Tor. <clears throat> now, the scary part is that it was all compiled by a firm called Local Blocks. They spelled it B-L-O-X, so they're dumb right there. They have a mission statement that they're, only, they're the only company that can marry work life and personal life data to generate combined intelligence. That sounds creepy. Yeah, very creepy. I will say that they corrected the issue within hours, which is not the norm in situations like this. Sometimes you have your security professionals say, are you trying to scam me? Instead of actually mm-hmm. fixing the issue. You know, yeah. like last time. Yeah, like last last episode, yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you had your mugshot in the United Kingdom and you were innocent, well, they still have your mugshot. A government minister, they have ministers over there, has decided that deleting 20 million innocent mugshots would be too expensive because it would have to be done manually and the cost is prohibitive or difficult to justify, he said. Uh, A high court ruling stated that this was unlawful. It comes after an incident where the home office, which I don't know what that is, destroyed landing cards which could have helped wind rush arrivals prove their right to stay in the UK which was technically they did that to comply with data protection laws mm-hmm. so I really feel like you know they're full of shit and skimming skimming over the article I thought it was for all mugshots over a certain they age. said millions of police mugshots of innocent people cannot be deleted because it would be too expensive yeah, so I I don't know if that's a spin you could, or not though. Yeah, but, but you like, could yeah reading request, into it. I, I thought yeah. I thought it was for even even guilty parties. Like they're not supposed to retain it past a certain number of years or whatever. You know, this In article is really be, hard to read anyway. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it it's is. very convoluted. They don't mention who is keeping the the information. They just say the home office, which I don't know. And more accurately, yeah, I don't either. I'm not familiar enough with the... If we have any UK listeners, feel free to to send us an email or whatever. Sure. But more to the point, that kind of brings up something. Like, Mm -hmm. I find it really hard to believe. If it is for, like, everyone, like, guilty and innocent parties alike, you know, if their retention is only supposed to be for a certain number of years and they say they can't do it, I'm not going to buy that because they're obviously stored in a database and I'm positive it has the date that they were generated on. Listen, dude. I know junior Everything techs about who this. can write a script, yeah. who can delete all the, all the pictures like that. You know, well, you don't want all of them gone. You just want the ones who are that are no. I want them all gone. Fuck that. Retired out. The United Kingdom has more cameras, right? What than uh, right. any other nation? I know. So you know, I know. <laughs> I was I was I was speaking like from their policy sure. stance. Sure. Like it's it's saying it's a it would need to be done manually. I think is bullshit. I, it it is. It's it's complete and total. Who shot John? And they're mm-hmm. full of crap. The next bit of terrifying news we have, and I'm just going to TLDR this because it was more of an anecdote in this article. Yeah. Nicole Egan, CEO of Darktrace, told of a hacking incident where hackers used an IoT aquarium thermometer to gain access to the network, found the high roller database, 
pull that across the network, out the thermostat, and into the cloud. Now, first of all, this was first at a of casino. All, hold, yeah, yes, I, I can't. This is at a casino. But first of all, yeah. why the fuck? Why the fuck is your thermometer on the same fucking VLAN as your fucking database server? What I have a question. The ever living fucking hell is that? Why the fuck is your thermometer connected to the internet? I mean that. I mean that's the obvious. <laughs> that's the obvious why, fucking why. Why does it have? Still, why can't you just look at it? Like right. Right. Walk over and Why go, does it have oh, a Wi-Fi it's at chip 71 in? degrees Fahrenheit. I need to turn it up a little bit. You don't, or it's you at, don't need you a know. radio for your thermometer. Right. right. It was also thing. a thermometer in a fish tank, guys. That, that's yeah. what we said. I know, but it's not yeah. even like a thermometer that you would change, you know? like Well, you do once... need to monitor. I mean, if it, if it was like a... They didn't mention if it was like a saltwater fish tank or whatever, but, if, you know, those require a little bit more care. But still, I mean, regardless, your th- fucking aquarium thermometer... Does not need I've to be on the internet. A lot of I mean, fish Jathan, tanks. Jathan's our resident. Yeah, yeah he's, he's our. And resident all I've ever done is set my thermometer during like. Usually, you set your thermometer. You know, the first day you set up your tank, mm-hmm. you put a thermometer, and you're like, "Oh, uh-huh. I know that this tank needs to stay at you know 77 degrees." You dial it in so it stays at 77, and you never touch it again. I got right. my saltwater tank in huh. August, and I have not touched a thermometer since. I promise, I'm not even exaggerating. But, I mean, the the I point is. Either way, yeah. I mean, you yeah. don't. It doesn't need to be on the network. Some fucking IoT thermometer. It, it, it doesn't need to be Alexa enabled. You can go, Alexa, what's the temperature of my thermometer <laughs> yeah. in my aquarium? And Alexa I'm sure their fish tank. The current temperature in your aquarium is seventy-five degrees. Yeah. And you before can, somebody you calls can me do out that with a, a dumb probe. Yeah, you can. yeah. Before somebody calls me out, for fuck's sake, I understand their fish tank is probably bigger and more elaborate and more expensive than mine. I really don't give a fuck. I don't, so keep I don't it either. to yourself. I don't either. I, I just have to. The only thing that I can say that gives me any sort of pause at all is that the mm. sysadmin was not consulted about the, the internet aquarium, Ugh. the internet thermometer. To be totally fair, though, if I, Guys. as a systems administrator, got a fucking ticket or email about a goddamn <laughs> aquarium, I would rage pretty hard. <laughs> like, keep that shit. Why are you fucking emailing me about the thermometer? Yeah, no, yeah like, guys, I'm if busy. you're listening and you're, and you're not part oh, of and you're not part of the operations team. Clearly, I'm I not busy say, securing like, the database, by it. the way. Well, but I'm busy. <laughs> we joke, yeah, yeah, there's that. We joke about it, but like seriously, if you have any doubt, if you're implementing any device that uses any kind of network connection, please ask your sysadmin first. Please, 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 we beg you, please. It's we we've reported to like on so many things of multiple. this nature at this point. That multiple. It should be common sense. I would. We've said this before. I would rather get an email about nothing than not get an email about something that is something. You know? Yeah, especially <sighs> things that can turn into things so. like. Oh, is this a phishing email? Hey, Ask uh, me yeah. that question any day because hey. I would rather confirm that it is. Hey, was that a fucking I got this pun? Email from this guy. That... <laughs> no, but... was that a pun, Jason? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't intentionally. But <laughs> I got a phishing email. Really? <laughs> the the email are sending me fish through the thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I can understand like uh, why they did it. Like oh, like, smart alerts probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, like, they're hitting like, me you in know, the like, face oh, so fast. We went. We calm down. We want alerts, you know. It's like, all right, right. You, all right, but like, there's better ways to do that. Number one, if you really need that. Number two, I think it. Like looking back, was it worth possibly losing all your fish to lose your database full of high rollers? Was it? I can answer for you. And I don't I, even I, run I a just, casino. No, it wasn't. I, I just want <laughs> you know? to strangle the guy who thought that was a good idea. And I guarantee yeah. you, I guarantee you, it was not a sysadmin. It was something. Well, the bigger problem. You the know, bigger problem is nobody thought about it as a thing. Nobody thought it was a good idea. Well, no, they just yeah. didn't think I, at yeah. all. No, hold on. I guarantee you that the sysadmin was consulted and he said, if he was, I should say, and he said, no, not a good idea. And they said, whatever, dude, we're going to do it anyway. I guarantee you. Or that. if he said yes, he thought it was just a regular old dumb mercury-based thermometer or something, you know, not like mm-hmm. a, a smart internet-connected thing. Quote, unquote, Who even smart. puts Wi-Fi in their fish tank? Well, the I, fish obviously need to browse uh, Twitter and Reddit, you know? I mean, come on. But it, it seems like It'd be, I mean, I don't know the exact model. I'll check the article later and put it in the show notes if I can get it. But, like, I would imagine the thermometer itself links to some other device, either through a wire or something. Uh, Because water is terrible for Wi-Fi. Well, of course it is. So, 
Yeah, yeah. My we talked about fish. this earlier when I was drunk, and you guys made fun of me because yeah. I because water. Oh, wait, and, you, and, you were and, drunk. Like party max the same frequency. Or... Uh, yeah. were, you, were you party max drunk? No, no I wasn't party max, but I was I was drunk? drunk enough for you guys to right. make fun of me when I was okay, when we were well, talking about microwaves and Wi-Fi and rain. My yes. my clownfish Jennifer Lawrence. Your she complains about the Wi-Fi. You have a clownfish. You have a clownfish named Jennifer Lawrence. Well, I had two, and they were Jennifer Lawrence and Jimmy Fallon. No, Jimmy Fallon died. We're not. I'm serious. We're not going into this. This is stupid. This is so stupid. Peyton, can you please can you please help us out with the last news item? Sure, man. Absolutely, I would love to. Anything uh, to get away from this topic that we're currently on. <laughs> kill me Rest now. Rest in peace, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence killed him. Just so you know, I I have no doubt. All right, so I, I hope she ate him. You guys have used Vulture, yeah? Yeah. Checked it out. Yeah. Well, I like Vulture. What? Guess what? They don't verify domain ownership when they added a new domain. Mm-hmm. All they require is an account and a verified payment method. So this guy reported to them on 4 2018 He said, hey, there's an issue with your domain registration. It uh, doesn't require any sort of DNS. Mm-hmm. And 4 they said, we're not going to fix this. It's designed to not require verification. This is just a side effect. Mm-hmm. They don't use DNS verification. And the other terrifying thing is that they have an API to automate adding new domains. So, so I, the, so... the guy has a curl script that he ran through, and he used an account that didn't have any sort of payment info, and it mm-hmm. failed. But when he ran in a, ran it with an account that did, it worked fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have know. some thoughts on this, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, you I, can go first. So number one, I, just, I, it... I having an API is a good thing. <laughs> sure. No, I'm not. I'll, I'm not worried. Especially about the API. if you're trying to yeah, compete with Amazon. The API you know? is not an issue that I have. Yeah, yeah, and everybody's trying to compete with Amazon these days. Yeah, so, like you uh, need to be able to in and of programmatically turn up boxes. That's a thing. Sure, absolutely. No, I, I have no or, issue or with that. Or query them for information or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever, totally. yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this because, like, I understand the concern and I understand the risk. Mm-hmm. But, like, how – and you'll hear me say this a lot. How much do we want to babysit people? Like, well, you're getting a VPS, you're having root on a box somewhere on the internet, you should know what you're doing, and you should also know means, to, like, mm-hmm. set your domain up before you mm-hmm. you change your name server over. Well, you know? it, it also means that, you know, like, if you had a domain... Which is uh, how you would you have a that, domain. by the way. Yeah, yeah you have a domain. So, you so if, you had a, if you had a domain, Bronto.com, Bronto? and, you know, it yes. was sort of unmanaged in the sense that you pointed the name servers to Vulture, the authoritative name servers, right? Mm-hmm. But you did not actually add it to your account, and then I added it to the account. That's the only way that's, like, usable, you know? It's not like if you already had it on your that's account. That's how this I exploit just... works, right? Right, right, right. But if you right. already added it to your yeah. account, you already own it. I can't then go and also add it and, like, you know, take it over. To my understanding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I so, think this is, this is kind of overblown. That's why I don't think it's a huge deal. A little bit. I would just say though that yeah. the fact that you can run that you can use the API with payment info and just mass generate domains is something that probably needs to be, you know, just not necessarily fixed, but it probably I mean, shouldn't it be quite that simple. It doesn't but, register I mean, them. You don't get to squat domains by just pumping, no, it, it, pumping them no, into the it, API. It holds them. No, in their no, in no, the no, name no, no. service it does. If, it holds if the whoever, name servers are set account, to vulture then it would it would yeah. do something effectively. Yeah. Sure, but otherwise, it's not I mean, like it's not like someone can just go and add sysadministrivia.com to their Vulture account and automatically serve you know what we serve at our, our domain. They can't do that. No, I get uh, that. You would need to yeah, you would need to change the authoritative name service to point to Vulture as a prereq for this to even happen in the first place. Secondly, you would need to exploit it. You would need to add the domain to your account before the real owner added it to theirs i'm right. saying which we right, all know that's exactly proper it. procedure dictates that you would add it to your account before you even switch the name servers over yeah that's how you're supposed mm-hmm. to do this and if you're smart enough to have a fucking server on the fucking internet you should be smart enough to know to do that okay and well, if that's... you don't fuck you it's your fault yeah, not everybody is, but um, <laughs> Calm down, you know the only way this could no, be. No, I'm, mass... I'm getting steamed about this. Yeah, I can tell. Fucking clammed to now. I hear the you. Only way... <laughs> I'm right there, man. Go listen right to some Ravi Shankar. The only <laughs> way this would be mass exploitable is if you had like a dictionary mm. of domain names, 
and you basically, you know, did an NS lookup or a dig, saw that it was set to Vulture as the authoritative name server, then checked if somebody had actually added it to their account and used the API to add it. And that's going to take, one, forever, and two, it's the same issue. Like, if people set their name servers and then didn't register their domain, they're kind of idiots. Hmm. No, I mean, you can do about probably... I would say at least 500 a second, if not more, yeah, depending on... I'm sure you can do a lot. ...that you're running a script from. You also have to I mean, have like the dictionary Python's... of domain names, though. Yeah, that's the hard part. You would have to have a list of domain names you wanted to potentially attack. Right. Yeah, and so, of that list, you know, you know, how many would even have Vulture as the authoritative name server? And then from that subset, how many would not exactly. be claimed already? It's probably like a super small amount. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And furthering that, I mean, you can name the Vulture instance whatever the hell you want. It doesn't mean it's actually even going to add it to their name servers. You know, it, it kind of dual, and a lot of VPS providers do this. It kind of either functions, it functions as like a label. If it's a valid FQDN, it'll also add a DNS entry. And I think for most, it'll also add a PTR automatically. But if it's not a valid FQDN or even just a valid domain name, it'll just act as a text label, like an identification label for the VPS. It's not going to... Yeah. You know, so like the article itself, we'll link to it, of course, we always do, but the article itself is a bit misleading. It is a bit FUD-ish. The problem is, I would say the problem is not as serious sure. as, as the reporter announced it is. It, don't get me wrong, it's still an issue, and it, it yeah, it's uh, something I think Vulture should address and look into. Right. But, you know, like, it's not the end of the world, it's not like you can just automatically hijack any domain you want. There are certain conditions that are prerequisites to make this happen so yeah or, exactly. you know grain of salt grain of salt yeah i just i mean my thing is you know it's i appreciate the ability to have the api to do a mass thing like that but obviously it's being abused you know to an extent so i think that's the thing that i have an issue with you know i mean i didn't well, even get the I, impression it was being know. abused I, I think it was just proof of concept that in the right yeah. conditions it could be abused sure okay all right and really, it's it, you do the same thing from the GUI. It's just you can do it faster with the API. That's the only difference. Like the API itself is not a factoring thing in this. He just used the API because it was faster to, to get his POC done. Right. Sure. So, you know, the API, I don't think is even a relevant point here. But yeah, I don't know. I we sh This, by the way, is not why, is why Vulture is not our baddie this week. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit overblown. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. Deal. The person who posted the article or wrote about it or whatever kind of indicated like, oh, they submitted it for the bug bounty program and they thought they should be rewarded. But yeah. I don't necessarily think that's true either because I don't – I mean maybe Vulture really didn't intend to do domain name verification. And if that's the case, then that's the case, you know, depending and on who you they, are and what kind of client you are. Yeah. Well, I mean most other people yeah. do for what it's worth. Google Cloud Compute Engine, no, they whatever don't. the hell – What? Lino does? Not – only for PTR. And Only I'm pretty sure Google and Amazon cloud bullshits do. Yeah, but they're not VPS providers. They're cloud providers. I draw a distinction. One is for massive parallelized uh, instances, and the other one is, is more for... All right. Are you guys ready to talk about Woo! something more meaty? Yeah. Meat. Woo! Guys, yeah? Woo! Meat snacks. Oh, that was Peyton wooing. I thought Jathan was wooing. No. Woo! That's me wooing. Meat snacks. Meat snacks. Okay. Meat snacks. Meat snacks, Jathan? Meat snacks. I all right, we're we're just gonna skip over that Pop tart. I don't wanna know. Okay. So first I want stop. First I wanna talk about implementing telecommuting as like the infrastructure component of it. I am one hundred percent telecommute and I've been only I've been solely telecommuting for I wanna say five or six years now. And I've been telecommuting for a couple positions, a couple companies before that. There was a, a stint in the middle where I was in an, a little, a little cubicle. But for most of my professional career, I've been telecommuting, so I have a lot of experience with it, especially on the operations side now, because now I'm, I'm basically managing the entire infrastructure for a telecommuting company. Do either of you have experience with telecommuting? Yes. Nope. Yes, I do. Okay, Jay thought that's a lie. What? I know you do. I know you do. How? Because you've, you've asked me many questions on VPN for staff I, access. I mean, I have done that. I don't telecommute, or I have never really. What What would you call BWC? Uh, a business without a home. <laughs> Do you have a physical brick-and-mortar building? No. 
then congrats, you're telecommuting for PWC. That's how this works. So the point I'm making here is it's on the rise, and I think it's a good thing. You know, like, I would say a good 90% of tech companies really don't need a physical presence. So I'm glad that it's getting more, it's becoming more embraced. But as a result, you're starting to to see some unique issues. The the bourbon is starting to hit, can you tell? We're starting to see some unique issues related to telecommuting. Unique, unique mm-hmm, New York mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't really get, you don't really see in like brick and mortar type stuff. Brick and mortar stuff is a lot easier in some aspects because you can, you know, you can control access based on VLANs you can make sure only like this department, which is physically isolated to this part of the building can only access these other networks, things like that. With telecommuting, all that goes out the window because everybody's essentially coming from the same place. So probably the number one thing to keep in mind with telecommuting companies is VPNs. Mm -hmm. The staff VPN is going to be your number one resource because that acts as your infrastructure, as your your intranet, intranet, not intranet, intranet. (laughs) It acts as your network policy management. It acts as your, you know, it, it serves a lot of different purposes and it all hinges on this VPN. So if that goes down, number one, you're fucked. You know, I mean, you can build redundancy into it and everything, and I highly recommend you do. But you really need to consider just how important the VPN itself is to your company, if it's a telecommuting company. I think a good thing to keep in mind is what type of VPN you use as well, like what protocol. Don't use PPTP. Do not. I will slap you across the face with a dead fish that's been sitting in the sun for five hours if I catch you doing this, because it is a horribly old protocol. The security on it is absolutely broken. It doesn't play with NAT as well. You know, there's a lot of problems with it. It's an ancient thing. If you really need an older protocol for compatibility reasons or whatever, I would use IPsec, because that at least supports strong encryption. It's a bit more of a pain to set up. You know, Strong Swan is probably your best bet for an open source implementation. But, you know, Cisco has their own IPsec variant, things like this, which Strong Swan does work with, by the way. So you can use the Cisco AnyConnect client, which is now end of life, I think, right? I don't know. Well, I think because Cisco is no longer doing IPsec is my impression. What are they doing now? Do you know? No, all I know. So on my Mac, I have an old VPN connection for CU Boulder. That's labeled as a Cisco IPsec connection, and it doesn't work anymore. So now you actually have well, to download their that... AnyConnect client. So I think that they've ditched support in newest versions for IPsec itself, and they're using a different protocol. But I don't know that, that so... Yeah, that could be for a multitude of reasons. The encryption algorithms could have changed. The protocols itself, there's two main variants of IPsec. There's a IP... There's Ike version 1 and Ike version 2. I think you may have upgraded to Ike version 2. And I think that's what happened there. And they're they're fairly different protocols. You know, there's a lot of reasons that could be the case. And they would still be using IPsec. So I wouldn't necessarily insinuate that. But it's, you know, it's a possibility that they have their own custom proprietary thing now. There is, for the 100% Microsoft shops, you know, like if you know all of your clients are going to be Windows, all of this... There is SSTP, which is a newer revamping of PPTP. It's more secure. If you had to use anything that is purely Microsoft supported, I would use that over PPTP. Wow. It's hard to say. (laughs) But it's not ideal. It still has issues. It's not cross-platform. There is a Linux client, but it's, you know, it's not as featureful as it can be. It doesn't really play nice with some custom routing. The policy stuff, you know, it's really not the best you can do. Mm-hmm. There's the other ones, too. I mean, there's a Linux-only one called WireGuard. Jathan likes Tink for some reason, which I would oh would not God. recommend for a, a corporate VPN, for a, a company VPN. I can't tell what we use, but we've discussed it just now. So not not that not the most recent one, but we've, it's mm-hmm. been discussed. It, it has been mentioned, yeah. Yes. I personally love OpenVPN. I use it for the SysAdministrivia staff, the SysAdministrivia Sys Administrivia hosts VPN. I use it for work stuff. I use it for personal stuff. We even provide OpenVPN for my for the company I work for. You know, we're a proxy VPN provider. So we offer OpenVPN there. It's open source. It has a lot of different platform support. 
I mean, a lot. I mean, Android, iOS, you name it, it probably supports OpenVPN. Even DDWRT has OpenVPN client. So it's it's really handy. It's a really great protocol. It's very fast. It's a lot faster than PPTP. It's a lot faster than IPsec. IPsec is pretty slow, really. Mm-hmm. It is... Oh, it, same thing with L2TP, by the way. The reason most people, if they use L2TP at all, is, you know, they tunnel it over IPsec because L2TP itself is even worse than PPTP in terms of security. It's atrocious. Avoid it like the plague. Anyways, so I recommend OpenVPN. You use whatever you want to use. You use whatever you like. It does not have native client support, to my knowledge, on any of the major operating systems, but it, it has a client for them. You know, the server's open source, the clients are open source. It's a great product. And it lets you do some really complicated stuff. It lets you use very strong security ciphers. It lets you do encryption, compression rather. I mean, it does let you do encryption, but that's implied by the ciphers. It lets you do a fully customizable authentication. So if you have like Active Directory, you can just pop on over to that with LDAP via a script and have it return an authentication result. You could have it check against a SQLite database. You could have it, you know, you can have it do a lot of different things. There's radius support for it. There's a lot of options for OpenVPN, mm-hmm. specifically because they have this, you know, plug in, pluggable authentication support type thing. It has some great logging, so it's very easy to debug. It lets you do sort of limited policy routing. Most of your policy routing with OpenVPN is going to be on the firewall level more than anything. On that note, I would recommend something like Shorewall, which lets you easily split into like logical zones. I mean, you can do zones with IP tables via chains, yeah. but it's it's a little muddled. It's not as easy as it is with Shorewall. So I would recommend Shorewall over vanilla IP tables. But yeah, I mean, OpenVPN is fantastic for this. And if you really, you, you can do like pooled connections too. So, you know, if you want that redundancy, it's perfectly possible with OpenVPN. That being said, there are some... Other things you need to consider about having a VPN, whichever one you choose. It should support pushing selective routing. You don't want to tunnel all of your employees' traffic over your VPN gateway for a couple reasons. First and foremost, it's going to get expensive. People are, you don't want people watching cat videos on YouTube over your your corporate intranet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's, just, it's a waste of money. And if you have a large number of employees, that's a huge amount of bandwidth. It slows down the VPN unnecessarily. It is more processing on the CPU if you're doing strong encryption for your VPN, which you should. It clogs up the throughput of the network port. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why you should not push a full route, a full default route. Instead, you can do selective routing, which means like, okay, you've got server A, server B, server C. You can push routes specifically that tell the clients, if you're trying to go to server A, server B, or server C's IP, Use the VPN gateway. Otherwise, use your own native connection to go to other resources like YouTube, for instance. Mm. And that definitely saves a lot on headaches. That also prevents you from like issues where if an an employee decides to start, I don't know, torrenting or something, it's not going to absolutely destroy your network throughput. That's, That's a big issue that you can encounter. So that being said, it unfortunately also makes things a little bit more difficult. Like I said... With telecommuting, you have some unique issues. One of that is literally your entire client network is bring your own device. And we've talked about bring your own device before. Jason, do you remember which episodes that were that was? No, but I know it was an S2. Actually, I don't even know that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was an well, S2. Well, I'll though. find the links. I know one of us was us saying, and then the other one we had Eric on. It doesn't necessarily have yeah, well, to be bring well, your own device, though. Mm, no, it, well, I mean, you, you can could ship issue a device a laptop to them, but in a sense, they... Yeah. Right. But they still physically have access to that device 100% of the time. So in effect, it is bring your own device, whether you purchase it and pre-configure it or not. So it it sort of becomes a bring your own device thing, even even if you are issuing a company property type thing. And that does have issues because that way you have no idea of knowing what's running on those things. You don't know if they're running screen sharing applications that may possibly be used to you know exfiltrate inadvertently you don't know if they're intentionally doing exfiltration you don't know if they are you don't know what they're doing with it so they could get a a virus and then that virus could potentially have a higher risk of propagating into your intranet 
you know, these are all things you need to consider, and they're not exactly the easiest to address. So I would recommend that, you know, you Chromebooks actually are a pretty good fix for this if you can develop like all of your internet on like web applications that work in a browser. This is a great a, a great solution to this because Chromebooks are pretty solid. I don't know if we've talked about them too much before, but they're pretty solid machines. It's almost impossible to get them compromised, you know, unless you turn on developer mode, in which case don't do that. But they do support they do support OpenVPN out of the box. I, I forgot to mention that. They have an OpenVPN client built in and it's fantastic. It's a little bit more limited, so you may have trouble getting it working with some higher, you know, more customized settings. But, you know, they're working on it continuously and they're still releasing updates to it. So if you find like a, a cipher that you want to implement in your OpenVPN, for instance, and it's not supported natively on the Chromebook, you can open up a bug for Chrome OS and they'll be like, all right, you know, it'll be in this next version. Cool. So Chromebooks are a really good way of addressing this. But they're also kind of like, you know, if you've got like graphic designers, for instance, they're going to be shit out of luck because mm. they need Photoshop and Photoshop doesn't run on Chromebook. So to my knowledge, anyways. So, you know, you need to consider these things. Overall, though, I would say it is not as big of a problem as you would think. The biggest problem is providing support for those devices because they're all remote. You know, you can't be like, yeah, I'll, I'll stop by your cubicle in, you know, five minutes and take a look. You can't really do that when they telecommute. So you need to get a little bit creative. Chromebook does have, well, I should say Chrome, the browser, does have an extension that works with Chromebooks very well. And it works with it yeah, as long as you have the Chrome browser installed a plugin that lets you do a remote desktop thing. So that's pretty cool. It does go through their servers. So it's like, eh, you know, but it's better than nothing. It is, it does work pretty well. It's a, an opt in kind of thing. So you can't on demand take control of a client's computer. You know, they have to initiate the session, but yeah, so it, it does solve some of that problem and it does make things a lot easier. We actually have a VPN for remote access and then we have a VPN for other things, even internally. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's very interesting how we work. Yeah, Brent gives yeah. me a lot of shit for my my mentality, but like a VPN can be a pretty quick way to stand up a service in a more secure fashion if you don't have time to configure it properly. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go back and configure it properly or whatever. I mean, if you set up a service and it's isolated to, I mean, an interface or ideally an entire system that's only accessible by VPN. You know, at the very least, you are not prone to external attacks of sorts. The only thing I really give you shit about is locking SSH down to VPN on your VPN server itself. No, I don't do that anymore. Well, yeah, because it's a terrible idea. But that's pretty much the only thing I really give you no, shit about. No, it's not even a terrible idea. Because you, you still have physical access with something no. like Linode. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about a telecommuting company, though. What if it's a, yeah. what if it's a racked server somewhere and you don't have IPKVM? Then you, you, you would shouldn't have to be doing it in that situation. Center, hook up a crash I, I didn't cart. say everybody should do it all the time. You said it was a good idea. It can be a good idea. That implies that it inherently, I think it's a bad idea. You should take the time to secure SSH properly, set up fail to ban, yes. whatever. Yes. No, thank you. don't even fucking at the very least for the VPN Jesus. gateway. No, no, no. You should because it that depends. way your problem is fixed. You can still access it in an emergency if your VPN goes down, which you should be able to do anyways. Also, you can't really, you know, you'd have to go over, you would have to make SSH listen on the VPN interface. There's a lot of problems that running SSH on a VPN only action, you know, it's complicated when you run that lockdown system on the VPN. I'm all for running it for like the internet, but running it on your VPN gateway itself is a bad move in my opinion. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what you think dude i don't do it anymore so it doesn't matter i know but i'm saying that's the only thing i give you shit for because it was a bad no, practice to get into no no never mind let's just move on i don't want to give any secrets away about my life <laughs> i'll talk to you about this later you fucking <laughs> these kids are trying to fucking get at me mad mad cuz bad no okay it, it's so oh I'm, my I'm, god do you understand my point though what point about 
locking what services down to VPN plan? as a means for turning them up more quickly without necessarily configuring them properly for the WAN. No, you you didn't explain that. Okay, like if you, for example, were going to set up Roundcube for your users, right? A webmail client. Yeah. But you didn't ever configure Roundcube before. Maybe you don't have an, an SSL cert, which is a stupid fucking excuse in the day of Let's Encrypt, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. As an additional layer of security on top of Roundcube, you know, itself, being in the browser and a password and all that shit, you could run it on a box mm-hmm. that is only accessible via the VPN. And at that point, oh, yeah, even, for that. even if Roundcube has some vulnerability where people could gain access through the web interface and steal credentials you're still or something like that, the scope, you're still right. limiting the scope, right? You, you know that is my is. point. Yeah. And, no, I'm, and I'm that is that. a good point is, you know... In addition to selective routing, which is one thing, you know, don't run services on the WAN that mm-hmm. you can run on your VPN if it's not going to impact work when mm-hmm. people are traveling or whatever. Fucking A, do it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. No, I don't think I've ever been in opposition to that. Okay, well, that's my only point for the whole episode, so I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. I mean, if, if it's something like that, hell, even running IMAP and, well... You can't really do SMTP because you still need to receive mail unless you split your MTA and your uh, MT... What the fuck is the other one? MDA. Unless you split their functionality to Which different you can boxes. Do. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely can do it. And, you know, if you really want to go like tinfoil hat about this, you can totally do that. You can make your MTA open to the world, but make users like not able to check their email through it. And they would have to go through the VPN to actually check their email. So, yeah, you you can definitely do that. Don't but you that. can't you can't like completely lock your mail server if you only have one. You can't completely lock it down to the VPN because you still need to receive mail and send mail out and stuff. So yeah, so so there's that, and maybe even outbound. Uh, we don't focus enough on outbound filtering, but it's a good yeah, idea we really to, don't. to do. We really should though. It's a super strong security measure, and it, well, it we... stops most issues in their tracks. Yeah, and we had that conversation with Taters. A little while ago. Oh, and in, in chat. Yeah. Yeah. In our IRC channel. So, sure. you know, and we did have an episode where we talked about outbound firewall rules, but I don't feel like we did a great justice mm-hmm. to it. So maybe we should revisit. No, I want to save that for another time, though. You know, not right now. Okay. I'm just saying in the future. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. That is not so just this keep day. in mind when we're talking about <laughs> right now, we will talk about outbound filtering more in depth in the future. But it is a good thing to implement here for your VPN gateway. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's. Move onward from that. Yes. Into Boom. the staff management component. Staff management. Of <laughs> of telecommuting. This you need gets to be able to fire people because, very you know, quickly. Yes. What? That's that was my exact point. Yeah. You need to be able to fire people at a, at the drop of a hat. Because unlike a brick and mortar building, you can't surprise them with a security guard showing up to their cubicle saying, Pack your shit, <laughs> don't touch that keyboard. You are being escorted the hell out of here. I mean, honestly, depending you know, on where they're telecommuting from, you might be able to make that still happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Get out of your house. This is over. You don't you're <laughs> you're not gonna like show up at their house with a security <laughs> guard, you know? That's silly. But yeah, since you don't have direct access over the resources that would have your intellectual property locked down. You needed to instead do, you know, you need to be able to fire them literally at the drop of a hat. If something goes wrong or, you know, the decision is made and unexpectedly, yes. Yeah, along with this, know enough about the services you're running such that, you know, if somebody is Mm -hmm. already connected to an SMB share and you deactivate their account, that connection might not necessarily automatically be broken or go stale until you bounce services or something like that. So be aware yeah. of those types of things because yeah. I've had that in Though, the past where um, I had an SMB share that was set up. And, you know, in this case, it was for testing purposes. It wasn't a big deal. But I had turned off this right. testing share. But what I didn't realize is until I actually bounced the SMB service, users who were connected to the test share did not get disconnected because I disabled it necessarily. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, like that is very useful. Things like OpenVPN, it even has like a management console. I don't think oh, there's yeah. a GUI component, but there's like a Telnet interface. I've please, please, it. please make that only listen on localhost. <laughs> but please, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very useful, and you can immediately sever a connection. Yeah. So if you're tunneling all the important shit over that VPN and you sever that connection, all those other services for them are going to time out. So yeah. that does Which, solve the problem of that. And ideally, like mentioned, you know, you'd be using some kind of central auth. 
But if you're not, at least if mm-hmm. you know that really critical things are only accessible by VPN, that's another way to limit scope, at least in this situation. Yeah, yeah. But ideally, you should still be using central auth because that'll that'll oh, take yeah, care I of agree. everything in one fell swoop for sure. And you know, but it yeah. depends. I mean, if you're yeah, a so definitely person team, are you going to use central auth? Eh, probably yeah. not. Well, no. I feel like I might have talked about this two episodes ago, maybe one episode ago. <laughs> Some number it's, of episodes. That's it's not, not zero. so much. Sometime in the past, yes. It's not so much necessarily about the number of employees. It's the number of employees times the number the number of services. So, you know, the number of like internet websites, the number of shell accounts, things like that. So it's not just users or employees as a people number. You know, it, it's that times the number of resources that they need to have access to. That's where central law comes into place. It's both components of that. It's both factors. You could have like a three-person team, a three-person company. But if you have like 15 different resources, you're going to need to have a very quick way of managing users, either adding them when you hire someone or disabling or removing a user when you fire them. You know, you need to have a very quick, immediate way of handling that. And central auth lets you do that. So that is, you know, that's important to consider both aspects there. But yeah, that kind of plays into the whole staff disappearance thing. Like you need to have a way, an out of band communication method on record for everyone, whether that's a personal cell phone number or which I should mention should only be used in emergencies or a personal email. You know, you need to have some way of getting in touch with them out of channel. So if the VPN crashes and burns or, you know, a bunch of different things that can happen. They're a no-show for like a week and you need to check in. Obviously, you can't check in on your internal chat network or something. So you need to have a way of reaching people outside of the normal expected and preferred methods. Right. I think I I just burned myself out on that. I don't really have a whole lot else to talk about that topic. I mean, I have plenty to talk about. The only thing I'd add is if you're going to bring people on as an organization that only does telecommute employees... Mm-hmm. make sure that you have good documentation for them to turn up their own connections to the VPN and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Because you don't want to frustrate the hell out of a new employee by them just trying to get connected to the infrastructure and all the services they need because you don't have good documentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and um, you know, you did sort of touch on it with, you know, troubleshooting. You can't just stop by their cubicle, but you know, yeah, that's yeah. how you fix that anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, documentation definitely helps. I'm actually in the middle of revamping our staff VPN documentation for Proxy Proxy. So, well, because I'm revamping the VPN itself. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it gives me a, an opportunity to, to do both. But, yeah, you want to make sure it's very clear, very concise, easy to understand. Lots of screenshots. Everybody loves screenshots. Make sure you cover multiple operating systems. All sorts of... You need to be really thorough with it. And I, I hate writing documentation more than once yeah so if, if you i have an open vpn question yes can you from the server limit the client in so far as to say like you can connect from mac os windows and linux but you can't connect from android or ios sort of I like think. if you had a security policy where you didn't want people to use their phones to connect because you know because i'm not saying this right, right. i'm not saying this well they're a lot easier stolen, stolen. right yeah right okay yeah. What I would recommend is not limiting that and just generating separate keys. So it's a lot easier to revoke in the case of theft. But if you do need to do that, I think it'll let you, I think it will pass that information to the authentication script that you mm-hmm. write if you use an external one. And I think you can do it that way. But I don't think you can do it inherently in OpenVPN. But I'm, I don't see why they would be opposed to passing to writing that functionality in for a later release. So, you know, it may be a good feature request. Yeah, I'm going to just fork it and fix it. Don't don't fork it. You, you talk about forking everything. Okay, guys, earlier, uh, before even the pre-meeting, but like earlier today, Jithan was, was talking about forking cut just so it could automatically choose the last column in a line. And I'm like, that, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. It was obviously a joke. I would hope so, because cut is, like, puns aside, it's pretty cut and dry. You know, it's it's supposed to be well, the more simple version of awk. So if you need to use awk, just use awk. Or if you're me, just use Python. Awk. Awk. <laughs> or gawk, as it were. Gork. All right. 
Brick. Okay. Moving Jay-thon. right along. Moving. Are you ready for the Washington batting, Jason? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm okay. not even drunk this time. <laughs> so this well, baddie wait, do we need to take a break to have you get really drunk first like no slam there's okay. no chance of that happening <laughs> okay. so this baddie is a little serious but also a little fun mm-hmm. mostly for our american listeners or perhaps more for our non-american listeners who'd like to laugh at this shithole of a country so whoa whoa you need a clam okay well anyway so in the united states our taxes are due basically on the same day every year-ish. Uh, is it like a day of the week? Like it's the third it's, Tuesday it's, in April or something? Uh, I forget what exactly determines it. But it, it yeah. was up until recently. I think it was, uh, I don't know. It was. It used to be a lot sooner in the month. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. So we have this thing where you can pay the IRS with something called direct pay. And it's mm-hmm. basically a website you go to. You give them your bank account information and you pay your taxes that you owe if you owe taxes. And so on the very last day to file taxes, if you went to the direct pay website, which was directpay.irs.gov, you just got this very ominous message that said, planned outage April 17th, 2018 to December 31st, 9,999. And so, you know, here were a bunch of people who waited till the last day to file their taxes, which by the way, probably just don't do that. But whatever, if you do, it's your life. If you want to live dangerously. But why this is especially funny is because the current administration in the White House was going to use tax day to promote a tax overhaul, but then this whole tax thing was happening and nobody could pay their taxes. So I think they decided against actually releasing the information that day. So IRS, this baddie goes to you. Probably don't do whatever you did that caused this to happen on the last day that people could pay their taxes. Yeah. In fairness, the IRS did give people an extra day to pay but also your message really sucked, like December 31st, 9,999. <laughs> so help me God, if I'm alive by then, I'm not going to be thinking about taxes. <laughs> you, but at you least have like decent error reporting. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're maintenance. You'll, we'll link to it in the show notes, but you really need to see that the screenshot of the page that's, that got served because it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good it's job, pretty, IRS. Uh, it's pretty badass, honestly. I'm not. Mostly guys, I'm feels not good lie. to give the IRS a baddie because those assholes. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm kind of loving that the IRS fucked up because yeah. you know they take a huge chunk of my income. So Ugh. okay, wow. Well, that was just a whole lot of Brent talking about who the hell knows what. <laughs> I was mostly talking about VPN. Well, I was mostly watching cat videos on your VPN. Yeah, well, I hope not. Well, you should I, have set it up better. <laughs> I, funny story. Actually, that's impossible with the sys administrator via VPN. Number oh, yeah. one, we I all disconnect from one. the. Yeah, we all disconnect from the system administrator via VPN. We do because it slows down mumble. You know, it, it's just too much. But secondly, I have rules in place to only allow access to a certain IP over the system administrator via VPN. So even if you set up a route on your client machine, Jathan, you still would not be able to watch cat videos over the System Minus Trivia VPN. Well, a couple of days ago, I couldn't even get to System Minus Trivia from <laughs> All the right, VPN, listen. so I'm not sure I trust your firewall rules, Budzo. <laughs> listen, it wasn't a firewall. Wow! It was because IP oh, yeah, forwarding, a, yeah, yeah. IP forwarding an, got disabled. What an asshole. I mean, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an asshole. That's fine. <laughs> now, wait, is that with or without a space, Jathan? There's a space. It's ass space hole. This has been Sism Ministrivia. I'm Brent. Make sure your meat snacks are upright and in the locked position. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton.